I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, everything school HQ, a few weeks away, giving him a little bit of a break, because we were in the doldrums here in the college basketball mm-hmm. offseason, but we're getting closer into August, we got a couple more months, but rosters are, rosters are basically set, uh, we have Tennessee basketball fans freaking out over a sponsorship deal for uh thompson bowling arena at food city center i believe is uh the full very easy uh pronunciation for the new arena here renovations it's, it's, it's and all already that. secondhand you got it it's already secondhand um also i just can't bring myself to care about stuff like that there's too many other things going on don't care i'm gonna call it tva you will too uh, that's just how it's always gonna be best college basketball writer in the biz up there in oak ridge tennessee is here that's by will.substack.com. Subscribe today. Will Warren. Will, good evening. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, it kind of feels like we're getting back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. You know, we're coming out of the doldrums of summer, coming out of the, the lengthy months of June and July and August included, mm. uh, and into the first great Saturday of the year, uh, which, of course, is me talking about the Coke Zero Sugar 400 taking place at Daytona for the NASCAR playoff cutoff. Mm-hmm. How excited are you for that? Honestly, quite excited. Uh, they, their decision to make Daytona the final non-playoff race is, of course, mm. stupid. Uh, but for the drivers, but amazing for us viewers. So, are you a big NASCAR guy? I, I like it quite a bit. I don't watch every race, but I've gotten back into it over the years. Um, because I, I, I grew up really into it when I was like eight, nine, ten. I got to tell you, Will. I'm not sure I've ever been more stunned by anything you've ever <laughs> told me or any other person on this podcast has ever told me. Like if I had to bet my life on you being a NASCAR super fan, I I would not be here because I'm dead. I've been murdered because I would have gotten that wrong. There there was not one part of me that ever would have guessed this. This is do, do people in your personal life know this? Did you just do like a big yeah. reveal? No, but everybody in my personal life knows I like NASCAR. 
Who's your go-to? Are you a Chase Elliott guy? Uh, no. Um, Whoa! What I, was I, that? I uh, no. What? What well, was that? I get Chase Elliott, but I just think everybody picks him because he what? is the literal <laughs> most popular driver. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of. I was trying to pick after a while because I was a De Benedetto guy for a little bit, and then mm. uh, he said some stuff I didn't agree with. Uh, I mean, a common NASCAR driver problem. Yeah, common NASCAR driver problem. But mm-hmm. I've kind of come to the point where I think I'm a Ross Chastain guy. Okay. Um, because. Uh, so I grew up a Sterling Marlin fan. And so I mm. gravitate towards guys who, quote unquote, got it out the mud. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ross Chastain, very much self-made. So I, mm. I kind of pick, have picked him a bit over Ryan Blaney, who I also quite like. Okay. Were you a big Terry Labonte guy growing up? I like Terry Labonte. I, mm-hmm. I, I, he was always, because when I was growing up, it was like the twilight of his career. But he was always very respected and respectable. And he had that cool... Um, it was it was yellow and red was the mm. car yes but then he was like he, wasn't he the kellogg's yeah he was kellogg's and then bobby i got a surprise for you well you a big bobby labani guy my late grandfather big bobby labani guy uh, my dad was too so that's a good free plug for interstate batteries um interstate batteries <laughs> racing on this uh on this po- uh, on this podcast not a sponsor but could be could um be. god have, this have is you, have you did, were you watching the bowl game like years and years ago where they put on this we'll have to link it this truly insane commercial for interstate batteries no okay i'm gonna send it to you and i want you to text me after the show and uh let me know what you think of this ad uh shout okay. out to anybody who understands what i'm referring to here uh all i'll say is you need more of god's love Okay, <laughs> I'm excited to see what this is because I have no context for what I'm about to walk into. Um, Will Warren, speaking of things to walk into, are we walking into a season like this is something that I mean, you're going to have to deal with. I'm going to have to figure out how we're going to parse through this because I think you are a fan of the basketball style and uh, what uh, a certain uh, Todd Golden is building in Gainesville. And I think you're going to be a Florida enjoyer. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you're going to be a Florida basketball enjoyer over the next couple of years based on what I, uh, as I've got to know you over the years now, um, that would be my guess. I could be wrong, but doing well in the portal, building more of this team next year is going to look more of, I think, what Golden wants to ultimately build here. Um, I think we talked about uh, a few months back that they had the look of a borderline top 25 team going into the year probably a tournament team but when you look at what golden's doing how good do you think they're actually going to be in year two here uh so they're kind of this weird team where they they've added a ton of talent through the portal they, they only have i think 30 percent of their scoring returning from last year mm. um but the vast i think of not all of the talent minus tyree samuel is from mid-major schools and one bit leagues mm. so it, it's a really interesting team to me because I think of them as a group with they're going to have a really high floor. I would be quite surprised if they're not like top 25 for most of the season, if not higher, mm. but a relatively low ceiling of like, I can't picture them being top 10. Um, I, and I'm kind of like fading them for the postseason in that regard, like down the road. Cause it's like, it's not a squad with high level athleticism or shocking amounts of talent. If you used Bart Torvik's talent rating metric, they actually measure out like an Atlantic 10 squad hmm. in that regard. Like one, not one of the, not like a bad one, but like a Dayton. It's like a Dayton level on paper talented roster. Not mm. bad by any stretch, but not like 
an Alabama or a Tennessee or an Auburn or the like. But that being said, they're all old. Mm. Uh, you have seven guys on it where I can point to and say those are high major starter level guys. That's not something many teams are going to be able to say. So you can pretty much, barring injury, set your, their rotation right now. Best player on that roster, in my opinion, War- Walter Clayton from mm. Iona. Uh, obviously a little bit of a surprise he didn't follow Patino to St. John's, but I don't know if that I rate him much as an on-ball defender, but he is the best three-level scorer Florida's had in a long, long time. Hmm. Legitimate great threat uh, at the rim, mid-range, and from three. Uh, Obviously, in the golden system, you're not going to take a ton of mid-range twos unless those are efficient shots for you. Mm -hmm. But the way that runs is, at, at the same time, that final San Francisco team he had, he had guys like Jamari Bouye and some other key pieces where he said, okay, I trust you can hit those shots because you're comfortable doing that. So go do it there. He's always been a more defense focused coach anyway. Mm. And I mean, you watch that Tennessee game last year. It's not like it was hard to stop Tennessee, but it felt uniquely hopeless against Florida where they were, they, it seemed like it was really truly difficult for Tennessee to generate a high quality look. And that kind of sustained itself against a lot of their competition. Like, Year one obviously didn't go so well for them, sub 500, but Mm. 31st in defense. His last year at San Fran, they were top 30, borderline top 25 in defense. Always Mm. really good on the boards, always really good at forcing hard jumpers. They don't allow many threes in the first place, which is that's that's hard to prepare for on short uh, coverage. It's kind of like the polar opposite of playing A&M, where you know Mm. A&M's going to give up a lot of jumpers, but it is hard as hell to get into the paint against them. So... I, I, I'm excited to see them play because I like their top seven. I don't know about their eighth because uh, it's hard to kind of pick that guy out. But there's a similar formula here of like, you know, heavy transfers plus new-ish coach, you know, a second year, but we can kind of call last year year zero. Mm-hmm. Plus a lot of basketball experience on the roster kind of sounds like Missouri and Kansas State from a year ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Um you can't make that dead on comparison because they are different. I mean, like I don't know that Florida has an individual player as good as Marquise Noel or obviously Keontae Johnson, or even with Missouri, like Kobe Brown, Mm. that still being said, Florida has got a more depth, I think in terms of playable starters than either of those teams had. Mm. Um, But again, high floor, low ceiling. They feel like a five or six seed to me, which is real progress, a real step forward. I can picture a scenario where like maybe they don't go super far in March or they don't have like that next level up that certain teams do, but they like keep picking off really good team after really good team. Who do you think? So if they rise, like where do you think they ultimately, what's a realistic number for a Gator fan to be pretty happy about where they're at in year two? Like SEC or national? Uh, Let's do national. I think if you're top 25 in year two, maybe even top 20, that's mm. a success. And obviously, like, not to put too fine a point on it with the Florida fan base, but the Florida fan base is quite unrealistic when it comes to basketball. You had a once-in-a-lifetime mm. coach who kind of ran out of brown by the end of his tenure there. And even those two title teams, Florida was not good the two seasons following. It took them a while to build back up. Mm. It's not like a natural guaranteed year in year out success there because it's not the first sport it's an obvious second um 
if they can get back to top 25, if they can push for top 20 in year two, and if he can recruit a little more, not just better, but more, because they are really junior and senior, senior reliant, and they've got to mm. have, I know like in the portal era, this doesn't matter as much, but you got to have something as a backup plan. Mm. Um, I don't know. So if, if they can do that, if you can show some meaningful progress, get to the tournament, look like a solid team all year long, I think Florida fans are going to be quite happy. And really, most importantly, you got to have an offense that isn't awful to watch. Last year's was pretty rough. Where do you think they fall offensively in Kim Palm by the end of the year? Or Bart Torvik? Uh, that's tough. I, I can see them. I think they're going to be much improved. I will say that much. Hmm. I'll say they finished top 40 in offense, but defensively, they really could challenge for a top 10 spot. That's a really good team. If they finish somewhere in the 30s offensively and somewhere in the top 10 in defense, that's a really good team. That's maybe that's a what? four seed. Yeah. That's, that's like a three or a four seed right there, especially given that the top end of college basketball is probably lower than it's yeah. been in quite some time. We don't have like truly dominant top three to five teams anymore. Yeah. And we just saw it last year how that goes um a 10 team that struggled last year that you like their roster their scheme what they're going to be doing this year um that excites you about them and gives leads you to optimism that they are going to bounce back in 2023 who is it for you uh it's kind of a cop-out to say this because they were good a year ago and have been for some time but i think i'm picking dayton hmm um this is like a relatively obvious rebound candidate to me Hmm. From like really disappointing last year. I, I'm struggling to recall exactly, but I think in Ken Palm, they were top 40 to open the season. Mm. Uh, and it just seemed like they were never healthy. Yeah. Like I, I don't recall an extended stretch for like both Duran Holmes and Malachi Smith were on the court together, or mm. Holmes, Smith, and Kobe Elvis were all out there together, or Kobe Bray was always available. Like it seemed like they were always injured. Uh, and by the end of the season, they had nine different starting lineups. I mean, they really struggled to stay healthy. I think they only played the one they wanted to play at the beginning of the season for two games last year. Uh, so, I mean, like, yeah, they were disappointing. They should have been better even with the depth they had. But I don't think Anthony Grant is a bad coach, despite what some Dayton fans seem to think. I mean, like, yeah, they had Obi Toppin, but it's not like Obi Toppin is this all-NBA guy. Like, yeah. they, He's got a good nose for talent. They were quite good the year before. That gave them the hype. I mean, 14 and 4 in the A10 and 21-22. I their offense is always really good at getting quality twos as well. Mm. I I think, you know, they've got a lot of returning talent, not like an overwhelming amount, but more than enough. They're they've got good, you know, on paper and you know, proven talent as well. The pressure is more in Grant than it is the players, too, which is that's a psychological thing, but when I think about that, I think of a team where it's like, yeah, you, it, it's kind of like this, the rubber band effect, right? Hmm. You probably overachieved a bit much in 2021-22. That sets you up for thinking you're going to be even better the next year. You rubber banded back a bit further than you should have. And I feel like the truth is just somewhere in the middle, where they're not quite as good as they look down the stretch or what you thought preseason last year but they're definitely not as bad as everyone thought they were by the end of last season. Like a path to a top 50 Dayton is fairly realistic to me. What do you think they would have done in 2020 if the tournament's not canceled? Oh, it's so hard because it's so matchup dependent, but mm. 
you know, top four in Ken Palm, you figure a realistic expectation is they make the Elite Eight. Man. And for a school like Dayton, I know, like, obviously they made the Elite Eight under Archie, but mm. that was a true one-off. Uh, How long ago was the, that? Uh, it'll be 10 seasons this year. Okay. But I mean, that was a true one-off in the literal strangest tournament to ever occur. Yeah. So, I mean, doing it then would have felt a lot a lot more legitimate and like a, a proving of something you're building. Um, a new starting five check-in. So I thought this would be fun when we think about the rosters and new starting fives and how that might shape what this team's going to be to give uh, the fans and specifically some ACC fans what to expect out of a certain ACC school that did not have the season that uh, they would have, uh, they expected going into last year. The North Carolina Tar Heels are going to have a new starting five, uh, some returning faces, some not. Uh, when you look at what UNT is expected to start in their main five contributors here. Um, what, what, what excites you? What concerns you? And does it lend itself to, um, you know, this being a better Tar Heels team this year than what we saw last year? Well, I just think it should be better. I mean, it's more balanced. There's more shooting. Uh, so I, I'm taking a stab at the start of five here. I don't think this is obviously finalized yet, but this mm. is the best guess. So, R.J. Davis, Elliot Cadeau, the two guards, yeah. Cormac Ryan, Ingram, Wings, uh, Armando Baycott at center. I think yeah. that's, if I had to guess, Paxton Wojcik, however you say that, mm. is like the swing guy in there who could be the sixth. Or maybe Jalen Washington too, but I don't think they're going to start Baycott in Washington. So that's the group you got. And when I look at that, I see, okay, Baycott's the only guy that I can point to and no, he's not a shooter. Mm-hmm. Those next five, Davis, Ingram, Ryan, Cadeau, and Wojcik, those guys can all shoot it fairly, like, not amazingly, but appropriately for a high major level of basketball. That is a lot different than, like, having Caleb Love bark up, you know, 27% from three, or, like, the the overwhelming feeling you got from watching their offense last year, which is just, like, this is constricted unless Baycott goes supernova. And I don't think that's going to be the issue this year. Spacing looks a lot better they could take a dive defensively, not a huge one, but a step back, mm-hmm. but take a big step forward offensively. And uh, I've got them personally in like the mid-teens. Hmm. Something like 16th, 17th feels right for them where it's not, I'm not saying they're going to win the ACC, but I'm thinking they should be a solid top 25 team for most of the year. Do you think they'll be a better defensive or offensive team? Better offensive, for sure. Hmm. They're going to have a lot easier time scoring. Uh, my man, Trilly Donovan, been in the news a bit lately. Um, I, I trust him on these things. He I was talking to him the other day, and he says he thinks Hubert would get fired if they did not make the NCAA tournament, which I think is fair. Like, hmm. it could, like Not considering the fact they made the title game, eight seed, no bid, no bid is a horrible three-year run for North Carolina under any coach. How long did it take for Ollie after uh, winning the title? Uh, five seasons, four or five mm. seasons. Okay. But I think that's a, that's, well, no, that is kind of the same scenario where, but yeah. I think you buy yourself at least an extra year or two when you actually win the title. Yeah. But uh, I, I would probably go further and say, like, if they're not a year long top 25 team, he's, I don't think he gets fired, but he's probably going to be in the hot seat entering next year. And then it's a little more realistic. I, but, I think he's, for his sake, built a much better roster in terms of depth. Like, you're not, it's not like the 
national title runner-up team where they literally only have five players they can play and six if Puff Johnson doesn't puke on the floor or whatever it was he did. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've they got just more options this year. Um, so How deep are you? You think they're eight-man deep, nine? How many would you trust on this group, out of this group? I'm going seven Okay. with an option for an eighth. I, Jalen Withers, I'm not a huge fan of coming from Louisville. But I think there's just like, and God bless the poor kid. There's a chance that it's just Louisville stink that's on him. Hmm. And once he's out of that uniform, he's like, oh, I understand why they took him and why he was hyped to begin with. That would be my guess at the eighth. And Seth Trimble's not bad either. I kind of like that as a a deep, deep option. They're really excited about Elliot Cadeau. Yeah, Cadeau could be really awesome. Um, Baycott obviously going to challenge for ACC player of the year. Yeah. Uh, is this the year he shoots threes does he actually do it he's going to shoot them i don't think he's going to make them i mean he's one for 16 for his career so well that was the whole thing last year is he was going to come in and he was going to space the floor more and that was going to be the big final development for baycott and then he did not proceed to add that to his game and and i think part of that is maybe you don't want to put like words in somebody's mouth but you kind of wonder if like year three Hubert just has more control over the team than year two Hubert did. Hmm. Like not, not in a bad way of like, Oh, you guys can't do anything unless I say it. It's just like, I'm going to hold you accountable for what it is you were supposed to do. Yeah. And that's just like, I think that's, it is kind of funny to say this about an older man who's been in the business forever, but uh, you think like stereotypically, that just kind of comes with more experience as a head coach versus as an assistant where you are the uh, place where the buck stops. Yeah. So I I think it's plausible that they're going to be more under control, less chaotic, more focused from the, from the tip this year. Cause I think last year they're riding that high of being in the title game. They probably, I mean, we saw it against like Charleston, obviously Charleston better than everybody thought, but even Portland in that little, uh, Phil Knight tournament like yeah there were games where UNC just looked like they were in second gear and didn't care to shift up big gear for the Tar Heels um and that, that would be wild he was like oh if they missed the tournament again but I think it's just some schools they have a different standard and I think North Carolina is fair to have a a different standard than a lot of other programs and I think the the thing for them is honestly like it wouldn't be a bad year to fire your coach a little early, hmm. given that like, oh, we can go get Dusty May or guys like that. Or like, oh, maybe Brian Dutcher wants to come do a few years for us or, hmm. you know, something of that sort. That's so, fair. I, I mean, it, it's not a horrible time to be on the hunt for a, a head coach if you've got the money to do it. And I think North Carolina has it at this point in time. Uh, transfer target moment. Will Warren, um, who's your latest transfer that you were intrigued by with their new destination? Who are, who's next on your list? This one requ- it requires some pondering because I feel like I've thought about most of the transfers for the most part. But I, though there is like one that slipped under the radar for me a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hakeem Hart to Villanova. Okay. That's the one that I've been thinking about uh, today. So that was like a really surprising portal entry when it happened because mm. Maryland's going to be good. Like I, I think Maryland's a top 25 team again. They might even be better than that. I like a lot of what Willard's doing. Re- They're just not talent. allowed to play Tennessee again in Brooklyn because that yeah, was... Christ, no. um, 
Uh, I, it's a roster I would have adored if he had returned, and it's still going to be mm. good. But like they could have been top ten if he came back. Um, wow. But he meets a really fun Bart Torvik stat search, which is how I consume a lot of my downtime. Uh, shocking nobody. Um, one of seven players who entered the portal this offseason, others in this little grouping being guys like Tyler Perry, Stephen Ashworth, Walter Clayton, uh, to meet this fun little requirements package. Mm. Uh, plus two, box plus minus in both offense and defense. So good two-way player. 102-point attempts or more. 103 point attempts or more hmm. so like that is meaningless unless you look at the context of it which is that aside from literal once in a lifetime freak connor vanover hart is the only guy on that list taller than six six so he's a six eight power forward who is an equally good shooter from mid-range at the three and can finish strong and is a really good versatile defender like you're downgrading on average in terms of defensive competition, not slagging the Big East whatsoever, but it's objectively harder to score in the Big Ten than it is the Big East, night overnight. Um, there's a real path for Hakeem Hart to be a borderline All-American. Hmm. Like, he's a darn good player. He's a matchup problem. And if he, if Neptune can get the most out of him, you could see a path for Villanova overachieves quite a bit, gets back to... Maybe not like title contention, but Big East upper echelon. Mm. I mean, he's going to be... Are they a tournament team for sure this year? Oh, I I think they're making the tournament. Okay. I I don't think it's going to be terribly close either. It's just, you can screw it up once under the guise of year zero. Year two, it's going to be harder to mess that up. So I think they're going to be a lot better. And he's going to kind of split votes a little bit with Eric Dixon. Hmm. who's also really good as well as Justin Moore too. Justin Moore kind of got underrated by his injury last year. Yeah. But Hart is just awesome. I love watching him play and I'm really excited to see uh, what he can do in the big East. I like it. Uh, Final big topic here. Deep dive team from 2022. Will Warren, the Miami hurricanes who had a deep tournament run surprised you surprised a lot of folks um, that they were able to have that kind of deep run um in their side of the bracket but when you look at all things considered what Miami you thought they were going to be going into last year when did they end up be what they ended up being and what they're bringing back this year uh what gets you excited what where are you at with the current state of the Miami Hurricanes well um it's really interesting they are in my opinion last couple of years they're the first team that I feel like I could realistically call out and say like they're doing the nfl thing of like they just don't care or the nba thing more accurately Mm. like they don't care about the first 82 games just once the lights go on they're Mm. they're good and i think that might just be miami like i they were god awful defensively Mm. during the regular season last year and really they weren't like special in the ncaa tournament like texas really got them i thought they struggled a lot with uconn though so did everybody Mm. but they were just better they were competent while going supernova supernova on offense into their three of those games. I mean, they won the Drake game not because they shot it well. They were 11 for 38 from two. Hmm. They won it because they made Drake finish really tough twos and struggled to keep the ball in their hands. Yeah. Um, And that to me is like, it, it's a hallmark of two things. One, I do think they just have a lot of base level talent built in now scoring wise, like Jordan Miller, Isaiah Wong, Omir and Pack. I mean, Really hard to name a better scoring four-pack of players across all of college basketball last year. Just like 
dudes who can simply go and get it, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't like any of them except for Amira's defenders whatsoever. I think uh, Pack and Wong are downright horrendous as on-ball defenders, but mm-hmm. that's also not the point in a one-off tournament where you can kind of hide that a little bit. And yeah. so you got that, you got the scoring, but you also have what I think we can now comfortably recognize as an all-time great coach in Larenaga. Um, Did people not think that before? I think he kind of got overlooked a little bit because he spent so much time sort of off the radar at George Mason. Uh-huh. And like, if you're, let's just say you're like five years younger than me, 24, you mm. don't remember the Mason run at all. Cause you were seven. And like when Miami made their first big runs, like 13 or so they were, they were like the two seed in 2012, 2013. If I remember correctly, yeah. uh, you would have been like 13, 14 years old. So how long has he been there now? Laranaga, I think has been there. A, 13 seasons feels right. Wow. Let me double check that. So, oh, 12, 12 seasons. So okay. I mean, that's quite the run. But I mean, it's not like it's a school where up until you had a guy who's now running out of money funding the basketball team, um, it wasn't like they really had any sort of history on the basketball front. Like mm. Miami's had good teams while I've been alive, but they've never had like a real run of consistent or a unique basketball excellence the way they have yeah. under Laranaga. So I, I think as long as he's there, one thing you can always look for with them is like anytime they're an underdog, and I don't do the betting stuff, as you know, yeah. but anytime they're an underdog, it feels like a safe bet to be like, oh, Miami's probably going to overachieve in this game. Yeah. Because Laranaga is just like, he he's really darn good at putting guys in the right spot offensively. And that kind of felt like when I watched them last year, Mm-hmm. They just felt very confident. And I think the run shocked everybody, especially stats nerds like myself, because I just, I didn't, I mean, like, you had them getting past Houston, but I figured, like, okay, yeah. if they get past Houston, they're not going to get past Texas or whoever. Like, yeah. that was going to be a really hard one-two punch to do. And obviously, by the time they got to UConn, that was a little bit too tall of a task. But to beat two of the six best teams last year back-to-back in a 48-hour span... That's a combination of like, you got the talent, sure, but you got a heck of a coach on your side too. And I mean, I, I'm kind of at the point now where, and I don't really buy into them much as a regular season team this year. I think they're going to struggle quite a bit to pile up wins in the regular season, but it almost doesn't matter because I'm conditioned at this point to figure like, if they just get in, like mm. if they're an 11 seed and they get in the field, uh, I don't want to be the six seed playing them. If you had to bet on North Carolina, Duke, and Miami this year, where they finish going into the tournament and what their seeds are of the big three there, what would you bet right now? Uh, I, I'll have Duke number one. I think Duke's going to be tops. Among Do you think they're three. a one seed? Two. I think a two. Uh, and okay. it's not like, I don't think it'll be like a bad two. It's mm. just going to be a fairly competitive year. We've got to beat out like Kansas and Purdue and mm. probably UConn again and schools like that to get on the one line. So it's going to be okay. tough. But um, UNC two. Mm. And then I think I go Miami three. Hmm. But that's heading into the tournament. So I, I think UNC four or five seed. Miami like an eight. And mm. not like a bad eight, just like a it's going to be one of those eight seeds like they always are where they've won 23 games, but they're 47th in the net. Because and there's no, somebody nobody like wants to play one in close games. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to play them in, as an eight seed. Mm-hmm. No, that's the nightmare draw. 
yeah i like it will do you have a stat of the week for us i i came i came up with one just for this uh okay, i'm great i'm ready like um another fun for search uh i can't imagine you're gonna nail this but upside to the stats question there's two possible answers so you mm. got two shots um, so I want you to think about the last 16 years of basketball. That's how far back the database goes. Mm. Uh, four players over the first 15 years of that, 08 to 22, achieved the following stats in their freshman year. And these are playing in a high major conference, 10 plus minutes a night. Mm. 115 offensive rating or greater. 15% offensive rebounding percentage or greater. And a 20% defensive rebounding percentage or greater. So the four who did it before, I'm spoiling this to help you with the back end. Uh-huh. The four who did it before, Kevin Love, Reggie Johnson, famous NBA player Reggie Johnson, Andre Roberson, and Travion Williams. Who are hmm. the two players who did it this past season? And a hint is that both are returning for 2024. Another hint, they played on Ken Palm top 10 teams. So not Drew Timmy. Not Drew Timmy. And this is freshman year specific. Okay. Oh, freshman year specific. Oof. I think you can get one. I don't think you'll get the other. Top 10 teams. I'm going to pull up Kim Palm last year. You, were, you said that they were Kim Palm top 10 last year? Yeah. Bo- both of these players were on Kim Palm top 10 teams. Um, hmm. Oh, my God. Is there a vol on here? Yes. Oh my god. Is it Tobey? Tobey Awaka is one. Wow. I want you to, to guess the other. Um, hmm. Special points if you're listening at home and you got it already. Is it a Marquette player? It is Donovan Klingon. Oh, I should, yeah. So, mm. I mean, obviously, reductive stats, reductive stats, don't take a ton from it. But I think it's quite important that you've got that 16-year range, and mm. it's a six-pack of players, uh, one of whom is a probably a, I'm thinking he's like a, like everybody agrees Love is probably a Hall of Famer, right? Mm. Um, Reggie Johnson, not one, but he was like, he played in the NBA. Andre Roberson played in the NBA for a long time. Travion Williams only got shoved out because uh, he happened to have Zach Eadie behind him. Mm. Um, when you're... Donovan Klingon and Tobey Awaka, and you're part of that list, I feel like you got to feel pretty good about yourself, especially going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all know about Klingon. We've kind of seen the breakout coming, where it was just like, he's waiting behind Sonogo. He's this amazing per-minute player. Whenever he gets to start, he's going to go supernova, and we're probably going to see him uh, get some real NBA draft buzz. But I don't feel like we've seen that with Awaka, who achieved pretty similar numbers I know, obviously, a walk is not quite as dynamic around the rim, but that's an elite rebounder. Probably he, uh, could end up being the best in Tennessee history, honestly. Um, hmm. I mean, he's definitely got the best nose for the ball I've ever seen from a Tennessee player. And that that's like a when I'm thinking about breakout guys coming forward this year, I don't know that he meets the like requirements for playing enough minutes. Hmm. But a Waka is a real breakout candidate for just like guy that makes you stand up and say wow i am surprised he's that good i like it um will 
What can the good folks check out from you over at statswhyweld.substack.com this week? Uh, got a fun piece coming shortly. Hopefully tomorrow uh, could be Saturday. Mm. Um, but I am going to explore ref stats from last year. It kind of gives people a little heads up on if they're drawing a ref who loves the whistle or mm. if you're happily drawing a ref who doesn't love the whistle. Um, let's give a special shout out here while I've got you on the phone too. Yes. Uh, my king, TV Teddy, who blows his whistle fewer than all but like six officials in the mm. in all of college hoops. Okay. Uh, really big let the, t- let the boys play guy, mm-hmm. which I can appreciate. Uh, Pat Adams. Everyone so much. just doesn't appreciate when they play Tennessee because Tennessee is... Um not fun when there's yeah it's it's criminal when they uh don't let uh fouls go yes that's a shame when that happens (laughs) um the the funny thing another spoiler of the data data uh, that's a good one data Mm. here uh you're not going to be shocked to hear this uh pat adams just like not swayed by home crowds whatsoever Mm. as one of the more aggressive home away foul differentials to road teams Mm -hmm. uh he he is really the troll of trolls interesting okay i like it so well yeah we're, we're really in the dog days you know we're trying our hardest here hey we always got to find we got to find the little things in uh, the dog days of uh, august so go to subscribe to that today statswhywill.subsec.com type in your email that easy that simple do it today to get ready for this college basketball season that will be here before you know it will and i are excited we're going to food city every day just to just to get excited and get <laughs> we more have to pro- support the program via food city yeah i won't do food city not a sponsor um i don't like having the the weird checkout lines uh i um it gets me thrown off can't do it, it it's weird of food city complaints really good if you're not living in east tennessee um one the scanner at the food or the gas pumps for the value card never works Mm. I, I've been to like three different food cities in the last month. Value card n- does not work. I only go because it's nearest my house. Okay. Um, two, really, like more so than almost any other grocery store chain I've been to, extraordinarily hit or miss depending on which one you go to. Hmm. Like the uh, the UT campus food city, awful. Interesting. But the West Hills food city, A+. Plus, great store. Hmm. I've always been a Kroger guy. Yeah, Kroger would be my pick locally. Noted local business, Kroger. Okay, I did look it up for you real quick to make sure I got mm. this stat right. Uh, so there's 147 refs who called 40-plus games last year. Ted Valentine, uh, 145 in foul call rate. He just he hates blowing the whistle. Hmm. Good for him. I can respect it, you know? Yeah. There you go. Will Warren, always a pleasure, my friend. Glad to reconnect. And uh, we will be back next week. Thanks for having me on. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. 
Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.